All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Nick Sports Talk with your host, Nick Scortino. So today, we got a jam-packed episode, a lot of playoff talk for the uh, NHL and NBA, uh, a little bit of uh, Yankee talk, because they're uh, having some issues right now, and we'll talk about Corey Kluber and his no-hitter, and we'll uh, talk about the, to end the episode today, we'll talk about a lot of soccer, because now with the uh, season coming down to a close, um, a lot of transfer rumors and manage, manager change-ups and everything have been starting to uh, formulate, so we'll go over some of the uh, more prominent ones. We'll talk about um, how dysfunctional Barcelona is, because, uh, yeah, we'll get into that later, but it'll be it'll be a good topic to talk about. So, to start it off, we'll head right into the, NH- the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, which, to be completely honest, is what I've been watching the most right now. I always I always enjoyed hockey. Um, I've been a Devils fan, so you know I don't watch great hockey because the Devils are rebuilding again. But you know it happens to organizations; they need to rebuild uh, a few times, and the Devils just need need to get the right pieces going. Need to get the right guys. Need to expose their youth players to uh, see what they've gotten. Enough on them, but um, it's been great, really great watching playoff hockey again, and. I've loved the you know having the fans back in the arenas. It's been great. Um, so to just to do a whole rundown of the list so far of all the matchups, the Boston Bruins defeated the Washington Capitals four one. Thank the Lord because I'm happy Tom Wilson didn't advance in the NHL playoffs. But um, Boston has looked very strong with some really good showings from Tuukka Rask, Patrice Bergeron, D- uh, David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, and Taylor Hall. They're uh, Trade deadline uh, signee and uh, Taylor Hall's has looked really great for the Bruins and uh, it's really good to see that because you know even though the Devils traded him to Arizona uh, last year uh, it stung a little bit because you know he helped the team get to the playoffs in 2018 he won the Hart Trophy for them which is great but it's really good to see him uh, playing at what he should uh, he looks more like the old Taylor Hall because the last few seasons he's played. Uh, he hasn't looked the same, but it's really good to see him playing as uh, well as he has been. And they go on to play the Islanders. And the Islanders defeated the Penguins uh, 4-2 in their series. And Cobb Palmieri and um, the goalies Sorokin and Varlamov have looked really, very good for the Islanders. And um, there have been a lot of other players that have just been playing really well for the Islanders. You can't, you can't deny that. Um, and the Penguins... <sighs> The Penguins need to go go out and address a goal, address their goalie in the offseason because Tristan Jari is god awful. Uh, he he was horrendous in net. The few times he lost them a few games, the one where he uh, tried to clear the puck with his stick, hit it directly to an Islander player. The Islander player took it and shot on net and scored because he was out of position. It's like, hey, what what more do you do you need to be like? Hey, he's really not the goalie uh, going forward in the future. So I think that they'll address that. Um, in the offseason, and the Islanders will go on to play Boston, and in that series, I think Boston will win because Boston has been playing with an edge uh, since they've been, they uh, played the Capitals, and they've been playing some great hockey. Now, moving on, uh, Nashville and Carolina will play Game 6 uh, tonight with Carolina leading 3-2, and I think Carolina wins this game because they've been playing very physical, and uh, they've been playing some really great hockey uh, coming from, you know, 
Sveshnikov, Sebastian Ajo, a bunch of other guys on the team. Uh, their goalie has been has been looking really good in these last few games. And Nashville, I mean, you can't count Nashville out right now. They've been they've been playing very good. Matthew Shane has uh, really stepped up uh, and been playing for playing towards what he should be for the amount of money he's being paid since signing that contract in the offseason. And um, you can't really count out the Predators, although, you know, John Hines is the coach of them, and I don't really like that man because of what he he essentially helped to ruin the Devils in the last few seasons, but it's besides the point. But I still think that Carolina will end up winning that, uh, that game and winning the series tonight. Now moving into Tampa Bay uh, versus Florida Panthers. Tampa Bay won 4-2 in the series and advanced to the next round. And Tampa was a very smart team this year by waiting for Nikita Kucherov uh, to be healthy and holding him out the whole season so he could then play uh, start playing in the playoffs and made a season debut, uh, scored two goals in his season debut and had an assist and He's looked like the same player. They've also had very great um, performances from Steven Stamkos, Alex Kalorin, uh, Andre Vasilevsky, and a bunch of other guys on that team that have uh, really helped propel them uh, forward in that series. But Florida, Florida looked really good. It's just Andre Vasilevsky is one of the best goalies in the league for a reason. And when you can't get get the puck get the puck past a guy like that, you know. It gets games get tough when Tampa's got the uh, offense that they do. So, but hats off to Florida. Taking two games from the Stanley Cup champions is is great, and it was a very physical uh, series. And this was perhaps my favorite series to watch uh, the whole first round. And I watched almost every game because it was always electric and uh, it was really really fun to watch. So then the other uh, series that I really enjoyed watching primarily because uh, one of my favorite players is uh, Nathan McKinnon. That was that Colorado swept the St. Louis Blues in round one. And Nathan McKinnon, uh, Miko Rantanen, and Gabriel Landeskog and Camel Carr were all fantastic for Colorado when they uh, swept the Blues. I mean, McKinnon was out here getting hat-tricks left and right. And... um. Ranton and Landeskog were able to get some goals, and it was just very nice to see them see Colorado shut up Jordan Bennington because I don't really like him. Uh, he's kind of like a cocky player uh, as a goalie for the St. Louis Blues, and I don't like the way he uh, goes ar- goes around about himself and uh, how, as me and my buddy Kyle talk about him all the time, how he tries to, tries to fight everybody as a goalie, and it's just like... Come on, you should be better than that. Let your teammates do the fighting, and you just continue to focus on uh, what your job is. And he doesn't do that very well. So, um, Colorado won the President's Trophy for uh, having the most wins in the season, and they have looked like the best team in the entire playoffs right now. Uh, they will take on the winner of Vegas and Minnesota, which we will talk about right now. And the only thing I really have for that is that. This has been a very even series so far. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury has not looked like the normal guy that he's been all season. And Cam Talbot has been very good for Minnesota so far. And uh, they they have Game 7 tomorrow, tomorrow night. And I 
will definitely want to watch that because it'll be a very, very, very good game, I think. Um, a lot is on the line for both teams, and uh, it'll be very cool to see who comes out the victor in that series. Now, going into the two uh, Canadian series, uh, the Maple Leafs are leading the Canadians uh, 3-1 in their series, and they have Game 5 tonight, and Toronto, I think, will lock it up because they're playing... They've been playing like they've been on a mission since losing game one because they unfortunately lost their captain, John Tavares, to a very, very, very nasty head injury that um, it shook me a little bit to my core because, you know, uh, staff doctors and everybody uh, are trying to help on the ice and, you know, he was trying to get up on his own but couldn't. And it was it was very sad to see something like that happen, especially, you know, uh, to a guy like Tavares who's gotten a lot of hate from the way he left the Islanders and because uh, he wanted to go home and play in Toronto. And um, that's just something you never want to see happen to a player. And it, it wasn't a um, it wasn't an intentional hit. It was a he got pushed to the ice, and the player on the Canadians who was skating up the ice uh, tried to get out of the way and jumped and ended up kneeing him in the face. And it was just a very, very unfortunate injury. But... Um, hopefully they take their time with Tavares. I know he probably wants to get back in the lineup as soon as possible, but, but he's dealing with a concussion and a few other injuries. So hopefully, uh, if the Maple Leafs do end up making a run, he'll be back for it to help them out. The final, uh, series of the NHL was that the Winnipeg Jets swept the Edmonton Oilers. And I know for a fact, I said that Winnipeg wasn't going to win this series, uh, when I, stated it last time and I thought the Oilers were a little bit better than they were and they were not their offense you know was great they were scoring goals left and right but their defense would let up leads like it was nothing I mean their goalie looked off their defense looked off and a few times they're up like by three or four goals and they would just Winnipeg would, would jam jam it down their uh, throat and score goals left and right and ended up winning games, forcing overtimes, everything like that. So uh, Winnipeg's are, the Winnipeg Jets are a real grinder team, and they will grind you and grind you and grind you and wear you down. And uh, they look good. You know, uh, Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, uh, Connor Hellebuck, all those guys really look good for Winnipeg. So uh, congrats to them. They'll end up taking on the uh, winner of the Maple Leafs and the Canadians. So we'll see uh, who they end up matching up with, and that'll be another good series to uh, to watch. So now we're going to transition to first a little uh, NBA talk before we get into the uh, playoffs. And I just want to know, you know, it's, it's one thing to let fans back into your arena, especially with uh, all of COVID and everything, but why why do fans have to ruin the great thing that is spectating sports and watching these athletes by, you know, a fan in Philadelphia dumped popcorn on Russell Westbrook as he was exiting the game injured, and another fan in New York for the New York Knicks uh, spit on Trey Young, and like, why, why do you gotta ruin it, you know, it it's great that the uh, playoffs are back, you know, everybody's energized, ready to go, but uh, I understand Trey Young was getting a little cocky in game one when he hit that game winner against the Knicks, but, and silenced the crowd and whatever, but 
that's what is great about playoffs. You know, players get have all this adrenaline. They get excited about you know helping their, their respective team wins. But why do you got to ruin it by doing that? Especially in a pandemic where you know this virus is no joke, and you're out there spitting at somebody. Like, come on, you gotta have more class than that. And uh, even with Russell Westbrook dumping pop, the fan dumping popcorn on him, like that's ridiculous. It's it's sad that. This still goes on even now, even when fans are allowed back into these arenas and they're starting to get full again. But luckily, the Sixers and the Knicks both ban these uh, fans respectively, and I'm just I'm hoping this is the end of it and it doesn't happen to another player in the NBA. But it's it's sad for uh, that to happen. You, but. Moving, moving further on, um, so far in the uh, playoffs, Philadelphia is currently leading Washington 2-0 two, two in the series. The New York Knicks are, and uh, Atlanta Hawks are tied 1-1. Milwaukee leads uh, the Miami Heat 2-0. Brooklyn is leading Boston 2-0. Utah and Memphis are both tied 1-1. Dallas is uh, leading the Clippers uh, 2-0. Denver and Portland are tied 1-1, and the Lakers and Phoenix are tied 1-1. So, I'll just give my, uh, who I think is going to win uh, each round for these uh, playoffs, and I think I think the 76ers are going to win uh, against the Wizards. Uh, believe it or not, I do think the Knicks will end up beating the Hawks uh, if they continue to play like they played the uh, last night. But I think that, one's gonna, that, that series is going to be a little bit more... Uh, closer than you guys think because I do think the Hawks have the talent it's just the talent has to show up every night Trey Young uh, Clint Capella John Collins all those guys uh, Danilo uh, Gallinari but it'll be a close series it'll be a fun series to watch um, Milwaukee versus Miami I think the Bucks will end up actually winning uh, they've looked very good these last few games for uh, the Bucks, and I think that they can beat Miami but it might be a little bit closer as well uh, Brooklyn will be, definitely beat the Celtics. Uh, I saw that one. I mean, unfortunately for Boston, losing Jalen Brown when they did right before the playoffs is is tough as it is. So, um, you know, and having to solely rely on Jason Tatum doesn't really help because Jason Tatum can do it. He has proved to everybody that he can be the basketball player everybody wants him to be, but it's a lot to to handle for one guy. Uh, Utah and Memphis is actually going to be a very close series, I think, because Memphis is Memphis is just out there quietly playing and doing their own thing, and I think it's going to be a very close series. But I do end up thinking Utah will end up winning the series. Uh, Dallas versus uh, the Clippers. I think Dallas will win this because Dallas is, has been playing very good. They have been playing very, very, very good basketball, and the Clippers have just looked. Uh, like they ha- they've looked like they haven't really been trying. I mean, L- Luka Doncic has been on fire for the the uh, Mavericks, and they don't have a the Clippers don't seem to have an answer for that right now. And you have Kawhi Leonard, one of the best uh, defensive players in the league, and he's not uh, doing that well. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think Dallas wins that. And then we have Denver and Portland, and. I think Denver will win. 
I think this this will go to a seven seven games because I think Portland is something that uh, they can go the distance with Dame, CJ McCollum, and even Carmelo Anthony's been uh, showing up as of late. So I think though Portland's not a pushover team, and it'll give the uh, Nuggets a little bit of trouble. But I ultimately think the Denver Nuggets will end up winning. And finally, the last uh, game. Uh, series is Phoenix versus the Lakers. I think this game will go to six games and I think that uh I think the Lakers will end up winning because if Anthony Davis and LeBron and all these other guys on the team, Drummond, uh play the way that they played the other night, I think uh Phoenix won't necessarily have an answer for that because if all three guys in LeBron, AD, and Drummond are all clicking on the court at the same time. It'll be a, th- a very deadly force to handle for uh, Phoenix. But that's also another good series uh, to watch. Um, now moving into the MLB. Corey Kluber became the 12th pitcher for the New York Yankees to uh, throw a no-hitter in franchise history, which was uh, very cool to watch, and congratulations to him. And the last no-hitter was actually thrown by... David Cohn, which was his perfect game. So, um, congratulations to Corey Kluber again. But, unfortunately, uh, the other night, Corey Kluber had some shoulder uh, some shoulder problems. They got an MRI, and he sh- has strained something in his shoulder, and he'll be out for two months. And Luke Voigt will be out for a while with a grade 2 oblique strain, so he'll probably be, be out uh, a few weeks, maybe, maybe a month or two, uh, which... Really stinks to the Yankees because uh, they're really getting everything going. Uh, Pitching-wise, losing Kluber uh, hurts a little bit because, you know, uh, he's been pitching very well these last few few starts. And having Voigt, Voigt back at first base has been really nice because he's, uh, he's, very, he's turned into a very good first baseman for the Yankees. But uh, I, th- I think the Yankees will be all right. I think they continue to uh, stay hot and... Uh, we'll see what happens tonight against uh, Toronto. They have a doubleheader today because last night got rained out. So we'll see what happens with that. Now transitioning to um, soccer. We have a lot of soccer news to talk about. So to start, we'll start with um, Harry Kane has announced that he wants to leave Tottenham. And uh, this season alone, he had... 35 games, 23 goals, 14 assists, won the Golden Boot, and won the uh, Playmaker Award. So uh, he had a great season for Tottenham, but, you know, he wants to leave because they're uh, in the Premier League alone. They're not really doing well, and I I could see why. You know, he he deserves to be given a chance to uh, move somewhere of his choice and see what different challenges he can bring. So I'll keep you guys updated on that saga and see where he will sign. Um, then we have that uh, in a Champions League clinching game, uh, Andrea Pierlo benched Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, I don't think that that was the right move by him as a manager because Ronaldo is one of the best players in the world. And even if he isn't playing great you still want that man on the on the field because he can play great but 
a lot of people are saying he's probably still going to stay at Juventus because they might bring in a new manager, but I don't see him staying after this. Uh, they haven't, they don't have the team fitted for him necessarily because, you know, one man can only do so much, but you need the help. Like when he was at Real, you had Modric, Cruz, uh, Gareth Bale, uh, Kareem Benzema, all these guys to, you know, help him. Sergio Ramos, all these guys to really just help him out and take some of the burden off of his back. And I don't think that's happening at Juventus, but we'll see what happens. Uh, That's another thing I'll keep everybody updated on. Um, Then going into um, Mike Magnin from uh, Lille has passed his medical at AC Milan and the move will cost 15 million euros and he'll sign a contract until june 2026 worth 2.8 million euros a year uh this is a a surprising move because uh gianluigi donnarumma has uh left the club he's a free agent right now with a lot of different uh clubs coming after him and one of the suitors believe it or not is barcelona because apparently borussia dortmund was looking at uh purchasing ter stegen from them and Barca would go after and sign uh, Donnarumma, who's been a very good uh, goalie prospect, but I don't necessarily see that move happening. I could see Donnarumma staying in Italy, maybe going to Juventus to uh, become the starter for them, and he'll probably end up winning it over uh, Chesney, who's the current uh, player for, current uh, number one goalkeeper for Juventus. Uh, Luka Modric has signed a new one-year contract at Real Madrid to stay there for the season. Um, Ibrahima Konate has passed his uh, Liverpool medical, and his contract that he agreed to will run until 2026. So Liverpool has signed a, another center back, which would be good because if anything this season has showed that they need center backs or uh, defensive players because they lost a lot of them this year due to injury, which was unfortunate, but they didn't have the uh, the backup. Uh Gennaro Gattuso has been appointed the new manager of Fiorentina after leaving his position at Napoli. Um, Then we've got... um, Antonio Conte has left Inter Milan after winning the Serie A this season, and a lot of it stems from the fact that uh, Conte insisted on signing new, uh, making some new signings, and the club uh, needs to make a profit of at least $80 million this summer through player sales, so I don't think he was willing to uh, do that because it would have been tough to make $80 million, especially in this market, and which sucks, but uh, he'll definitely be courted by a lot of uh, very good clubs. Uh, Zinedine Zidane has decided to leave Real Madrid again, um, this one I kind of saw coming after failing to win the league and uh, dropping out of Champions League in the semifinals, but I wonder if he'll end up coaching somewhere else or if he'll uh, stay retired this time because he's already left Real Madrid once, but we'll see what he decides to do, and Real Madrid have uh, reportedly uh, chosen... Massimiliano uh, Allegri to be the club's next manager, but we'll see what happens. That's just a rumor. Uh, we'll see what happens in the next few days. 
And Barcelona are considering the Belgium coach uh, Roberto Martinez as a possible alternative to Ronald Koeman if they decide to move on from the uh, from in the summer. And now moving on to Barcelona's drama. Um, so to start it off, they want to sign uh, their. So this is this is what bothers me the most about Barcelona right now. So. They go and they sell Luis Suarez to Atletico Madrid. Now, let me read you Suarez's stats from this year. Um, so, actually, I don't have his stats from this year, but I have his uh, La Liga records, and he's played seven seasons in La Liga, 223 games, 165 goals, and 67 assists, with um, five trophies. Now... This is where it gets kind of sad because you know I'm a very I'm a very big Barcelona supporter. I I really enjoy them, and this is what Luis Suarez has to uh, say about Barcelona. Barcelona didn't value me, and Atletico opened their doors to me. I will always be grateful for this club for trusting me. And he was very emotional after winning the league with Atletico and. I don't blame him. I really don't. You know, I, this is what I said from the since they once they sold Suarez to Atletico. I said I hope that he goes on and does great because I want him to prove to Barcelona that they made a mistake and they did. Why get rid of a guy? Even you know, at Barca, the last few uh, few ga- uh, games that he played as in a Barcelona shirt, they weren't great. And his age was starting to show a little bit. But Barca never made an attempt to really help him out or Messi out. And, you know, <clears throat> goes on. And Messi, Messi said last year, too, when he left, you deserve to, part, to depart like what you are, one of the most important players in this club's history. Winning things is a part of a group and individually, not for them to kick you out as they have done. But the truth is nothing... nothing uh, but the truth is, nothing surprises me anymore. And that was messy after uh, Suarez had left, which is sad that that's that's what this has come to. It really is. <sighs> Neymar even talked about uh, it's incredible how they do things. Like, what more do you have to do as a uh, as a board to just show some trust in your players and not sign idiot managers like? Um, What's it called? I don't like Komen. His tactics are are trash. Um, there's a few other guys that I'm drawing blanks on. Uh, I I can't remember the names off the top of my head right now. But the last two managers that Barca had were horrendous and ruined the integrity of the club. Komen hasn't done an even better job either. And you go out and you say we want to get younger players, but. You're going out and you're signing Sergio Aguero on a free transfer. Like what? Like, what is the point? What is the point of that? It doesn't make any sense at all. The way they do business is just frustrating. It really is. They're like top transfer uh, uh, transfer list is Aguero, who they've essentially already signed. Eric Garcia, which is a good signing because he's a very young center back from Manchester City, and they uh, essentially signed him in January. Uh, uh, Georgino uh, Wijnaldum from Liverpool, who's who's a free agent. 
and they want to go out and they want to sign Memphis to Pi. Like it doesn't make any sense. I don't want Coleman there. I really don't. And I think that Coleman should be sacked. And I just want the board to go and do whatever they possibly can to get uh, Xavi Hernandez back to Barcelona to be the manager because he's out there coaching in Qatar right now. And when you look at his team play, they play exactly like Barcelona should play. Tiki-taka, quick passes, everything like that. And I miss it. I really do. And these managers have ruined the identity of Barcelona. And the signings they're making are horrendous. I wouldn't be surprised if Messi decided to leave this season at the because uh, he still hasn't signed a contract. Although uh, Laporta, their president, has said he's made very uh, positive uh, talks has has had very positive talks with Messi, but uh, it's just it's upsetting. It really is. I mean, you know, hats off to Aguero for having a great career in Man City. You know, he had. Played 275 games, 184 goals, and five titles. Great for him, but I just... I don't get it. Why Why get an old older guy to come in and play striker? Why Why not look for something a little bit younger? They need, they need youth in this team. I mean, when Sergio Busquets is still starting in your midfield, like, I, don't get me wrong, he's a great player. He's a club legend, but... Uh, he doesn't have the pace anymore to be able to play this, the game. So it'll be interesting to see how this all unfolds because I, I mean, uh, Wijnaldum has, has agreed to a, a verbal, uh, has a verbal agreement with Barcelona over a contract until June 24, uh, 2024. And that'll be announced in the next few days. And Aguero, um, will also be announced probably most likely after champions league. Uh, final this Saturday, but uh, I just sad. It, it's really sad with how far this club has declined in the last like few seasons from poor management, poor board decisions. It's frustrating. It really is. And the final piece of uh, soccer news that will end the podcast with this week is that the creators of the Super League are still working on the competition behind the scenes, and it will include more teams and be focused more on sports results. Probably after the fact that they tried to make it all about money, uh, bit them in the butt. And um, this is what they said about uh, the league. Instead of exploring... uh, Instead of exploring ways of modernizing football through open dialogue, UEFA expects us to withdraw the ongoing court proceedings that question their monopoly over European football. Barcelona, Juventus, and Real Madrid, all of them uh, more than a century old, will not accept any form of uh, coercion or intolerable pressure while they remain strong in their willingness to debate respectively, respectfully and uh, through dialogue, the urgent solutions that football currently needs. Either we reform football or we will have have to watch its inevitable downfall, which I think is complete and utter BS. Football will not have an inevitable downfall. I think that football is, is fine. It is a beautiful sport to still watch. And it's not, it is driven by money, but it's still, you know, 45 minutes you're sitting there watching it. 
15 minute break at halftime back to another 45 minute it's just it's it's fun to watch it really is and i think that they're trying to modernize and americanize this this beautiful sport which is completely wrong and uefa is uh looking at penalties for uh these teams which i don't blame them at this point because uh fiorentino perez keeps running his mouth and keeps digging his own grave. And he should be penalized. I don't know why Barca's board is not pulling out of it. Because uh, it doesn't make any sense. And I don't know why Juventus isn't pulling out of it either. But we'll see exactly what UEFA decides to do with those three teams. And uh, who's left. And so yeah. That pretty much wraps up this week for the podcast. And I hope you all have a great night.